Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Maybe you're prolific at planning and getting your parents' cards, and uh, especially on Mother's Day. Maybe you've got that all figured out. But if you don't, we are going to let Jimmy tell us some very unpopular things to do. So just don't do any of these things. Check it out. All right, Mother's Day is this weekend. That means a lot of people are shopping for that perfect Mother's Day card. And while there are lots of good choices, there are also some very unpopular cards out there. I'll show you what I mean. For example, this card says, Mom, I love you, but I'm still going to ask you to stay in a hotel when you visit. <laughs> you know what I'm They're unpopular. Not popular cards. No, these aren't, no. They're truthful. Uh, this next one says, I'll always be your loving daughter because I can't afford to get kicked off our Verizon family card. You <laughs> save a lot of money. Save a lot of money. Yeah. This one says, today's the day I had to tell you I was the one who crashed the Windstar in 1996. Uh, that's a very specific. <laughs> who crashed the Windstar. Yeah. Yeah. Very specific card. Uh, this next one says, have I told you lately that I need to borrow money? <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> and finally, this one says, the world's number one mom is Beyonce, but you're right up there, too. <laughs> They're just unpopular cards. Those are unpopular cards. Um, I mean, speaking of Beyonce, right? Like, remember Destiny's Child? Like, I'm a survivor. I'm going to give up that papa starter. She, papa, she. I don't know words to anything. But like, why were they so popular? Okay, they, they look pretty and stuff, and they're in sync. But I think there's something a little bit deeper if you get kind of pull back the curtain and the layers. And what it says this, it's given voice to the voiceless in, in a marginalized society, women specifically, to tell them that they can be confident and that they can have hopes and dreams and that they can thrive and survive and, and all my single ladies, uh, you know, and they can get going, right? And let them know. Well, today where we're going is I want you to know that there's something that is way more inspiring and that you can build your life on, in, and through that always stays the same forever. And that's the character and person of Jesus Christ on Mother's Day. For every single woman out there, you never have to feel marginalized or you're on the outside looking in. And you think about the world today, so many women feel that way. Now, Mother's Day is such a time to celebrate and the moms that are doing awesome, right? Like, moms, happy Mother's Day. Come on. Moms, happy Mother's Day. Moms, happy Mother's Day. But for some of us, we don't have our moms here anymore. Could be a time of immense pain. And others, you think, you're like, well... My mom wasn't there at all, even though she's still alive. No matter where you're at in the spectrum, I pray that God would do some massive repair, some restoration, and he would reposition us in a way that he always intended. And so God is forever the same, forever the same. We've been talking about we live forever, right? And how does that impact us today? We're thinking about, oh, this life that goes on and on and on and on. Well, God didn't want us just living in a daydream that one day we're going to be taken away to heaven. Wait, no, he cares about earth. He made this place. In fact, behold, he's going to make all things new. He will wipe away every tear, sickness, pain, gone, new heavens, new earth. We will be with him. And he wants all of his kids to know that they can share in that. They're all getting the invite, but people are denying him daily. They'd rather hold on to their own wicked ways rather than choose the most freeing and liberating thing, Jesus. And I think sometimes it's because we're, we're um, wow, this just magically showed up. 
Come on, give it up for Rob G and the worship team, eh? Plug, join the dream team. You can be a part of adventurous things like bringing water and no one sees you. For real, get in the game. Let's go. Where was I? Heaven. That God wants to rule and reign in the place that he created. And I think many times we trip people up from meeting Jesus because they meet us. And then they meet our rules and our traditions and they meet our setting and our qualifications and our checklist of how you got to get right with God. But really, Jesus just shows up right into the mess and he wants to offer his blessing. I'm so grateful for God. And his character is, is um, in Hebrews 13, 8. It's so prolifically recorded here. It's one of my favorite verses. You can marinate on this thing forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who do you know that's like that? Who? No one. What setting do you know that's like that? What household do you know that's like that? What boss do you know that's like? Nobody. Nobody's like this but Jesus. And in fact, this chapter, this verse is kind of, it's embraced in this middle of the context is, it's talking about leaders and they're training you and they're teaching you and they're sharing the word of God with you and to imitate their faith. But your confidence isn't just in them. In fact, the one who's leading them is Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is, brings so much hope. And specifically today for moms and women. I'll explain. Look at society. Still to this day, uh, women don't feel equal. Equal in worth, equal in having rights. And now that, that has gotten a lot better, especially here in a Western civilization. Thank God for our country. Right? It gives a voice to the voiceless. There's freedom of speech. But if you even look in our country, typically the average salary of someone who is female is lower than somebody who is male. And if you look at positions of power, most males are in leadership. And that's not just because they might be able to carry things more. It's just how society was broken down all the way back into the ancient culture. And some societies are still living in this ancient mindset. Think about it. You have people that, uh, that, that their wives can't go out or even talk in public. They have to dress a certain way. They're belittled to the point to where they'll even be beaten or ash- and, and ashamed of who they are, but no one will know because if they dare tell anybody, it could risk their own life. And that's what America represents is this freedom for people, right? Well, there's a greater freedom today, and it's the freedom of Jesus, the freedom that Jesus provides specifically for women. In Luke chapter 8, you, uh, you get to see Jesus is rolling with this team. And they're out preaching. They're teaching. People are coming to the Lord. People are being delivered and set free. All oh, this God is good. But when you think of Jesus, I think we think of the man, the picture we see. And then if we step it just one more layer further, who's the team? Oh, the 12 guys. Well, yeah, that's exactly how it starts here. But it says, soon afterward, they went out through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him. We kind of pause there. Okay, I get that Jesus had 12 guys, and they were doing the, they had the man cave thing, and he was training them and equipping them. And I think we naturally get that part of it because our society speaks to that all the time. But it doesn't just end there. It says... And the 12 were with him and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and affirmities. Mary called Magdalene 
from whom seven demons had gone out. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, 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 it just sounds like luchador, luchador, um, Harold's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. Wait, so Jesus has a team with his 12, and then part of his team is many women that are supporting the ministry out of their means that were healed of evil spirits and infirmities and weaknesses and being broken. How in the world can this be? Why would Jesus get so close to such a weak population? Women, outcasts in that society. And it's, you'd, I think um, it's so easy to kind of put our frame of reference on today. Like we don't walk through the streets and see um, women typically oppressed in the same way. You know, they're not beat publicly, and if they are, it's definitely frowned upon. But we do see them oppressed and stereotyped in, uh, in one particular way in our society, for sure. Sexually, right? Lion's Den, billboards, you name it. Like, this is how a woman has to be, and you wonder why so many girls struggle with insecurity. I mean, because we're distorting this. And guys, we've, for too long, fed into this lie and this mantra because we don't even know what a woman of God should look like and how we empower them and champion because we're not even men of God that we need to be, that we're supposed to lead in the power and the capacity God's called us, right? And so the gap gets big and it's so wide and we're so confused and where do we even begin to start? Hopefully in the heartbeat of God today. I hope confidence wrecks us from the kingdom of God. In fact, when you kind of rewind the story, right in Luke chapter seven, the Pharisees come up to Jesus and say, what are you doing hanging out with this girl? <laughs> wait, like, she's a sinner. Why are you with these people? And then Jesus says, wait, you didn't receive me like she did. She was wiping his feet and cleaning his feet with her hair and the tears and anointing this ointment to say, Jesus is worth my everything, she's weeping. Why would somebody praise and respond that powerfully? Because if your life's been so broken and you've been beat down for so long, then when you meet somebody who will accept you and love you and gives you confidence and worth, and not only will just say, you can do it, you got this girl, girly pow, like, you know, I'm a survivor, but he will say this, you're forgiven, be free, be clean. And then you know what they want to do? I'm on that guy's team. I'm on his team. A lot of times we think we can clean ourselves up so we're not even on Jesus' team because we're coming to Jesus, not with the tears, the weeping, the praise, the just snot all over our face. And I know what that feels like. I've been at the altar sometimes, altar figuratively, but also literally in church, just go right up front. And I just got to get close to that. I don't even know, God, just take my life and weep and snot everywhere, praying over, you know, and then I've had other times at the altar where I'm kind of doing one of these. Who's looking? Even in the first service, we, you know, we preached this and we had a time for prayer and when people raised their hands and people were being set free. But when it came time when I said, hey, we're going to do something a little weird today. We might stand up. You know, people did, they started one person, they raised their hand, and it just broke my heart because we made eye contact. I saw her raise her hand, and I said, that's awesome. I'm proud of you. I'm praying for you today. When it came time to stand up, man, she didn't stand up. She was embarrassed. I can empathize, but in this place, we aren't embarrassed. No way. No way. Not here. Not today. Not now. Shame's gone. Guilt is gone. Brokenness is gone. We have freedom, captivity, no more. We sing of the good news of the kingdom of God that all can be on the team, all have a role, and all have purpose. 
Now, I think this, the reason it's so hard to even conceive how much Jesus loves you is because you're still in the broken setting, specifically to women, right? You look and you see the gap so strong. You see guys that don't treat you right. You see uh, bosses that don't give you the same respect. You know, when it comes time to carrying stuff, you, you feel belittled and you're, what, what is your role? Well, your role has been holding it down all the time. And there's this song by Jackie Hills called Lamentations. Now, to lament means to like express your pain and sorrow to God. Because we have this idea where in church, everything's happy-go-lucky. Like, oh, it's all awesome. Everything is awesome, which I love. That was my favorite series. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything is awesome. You know, boom. That's great. It is true. Everything is awe in the sum of God. But everything can be hard sometimes. That's why God, the awesome God, has to step into this broken pain. And so there's freedom for you to know this. That maybe you've been abused, maybe you're a victim of, of domineering, maybe you felt so insecure because you're always comparing yourself to a Victoria's Secret model, maybe you're so insecure because you've never had a dad that loved you and spoke identity into you, maybe you're so insecure because you don't know that the father loves you and he wants to get close with you and he doesn't just tolerate you. And I want to give you freedom for a minute, even during this song. It's okay to express your feelings to God. I think that's why Mary Magdalene was able to um, want to follow Jesus like crazy because she knew she, could, she was accepted. The only time that she wouldn't be frowned or looked down upon and belittled that she could be made new. So check this um, um, video out. I hope you hear it. Good. It's hard to fight when your dreams miller than life Z's killer with stripes These fillers got me missing the past Thought I learned my lesson The test is skipping the class The scriptures at last Do I drop out or study harder? The blood of martyrs Rocking me like I'm Sean Carter But I'm blue What color is the struggle? Is it the sky? Covered in helicopters The only option to fly But instead I'm stuck in this room Ducking the noon God acts when I'ma come And trusting the move I'm mumbling soon Grab the phone for something to do Loving the truth Nah, the truth will puzzle with you can't put the bigger picture together Ain't no filters in real life When you feel like you tempted to steal Like the dark so I steal light from y'all Your victory is mine, it's a real life Of course and of course I'm divorced from the sin I once belonged to My position ain't different, the distance is the song too The sentence I don't owe you An explanation is basic I'm a saint and a saint that's easily prone to Have a few bad days with a few bad ways You ask, wait, the answer ain't a you or yay Two swords lay, telling me to use them quick Switch the blade out, the same route, the fool attempts It's rude to miss the fight, but I don't feel like it I don't feel righteous, I know we're white in the snow But I don't feel pious, I feel pilot Trade the saints with Barabbas Trading places to serve from Satan made in the terrorist How about that line where I know I'm righteous, but I don't feel righteous. I know I'm righteous, but I don't feel righteous. I, I think we can all relate to that to some capacity. I know I'm righteous in Jesus, but I don't feel righteous because I'm always being compared to the struggle, the setting. What 
structures in place and how the rules I need to play by to be accepted, right? Watching my mom, who a uh, single mom, parents got divorced at eight, and I don't want to cast, paint a picture that by any stretch of imagination, my dad wasn't there. He just lived in uh, 30 minutes away and was working at a car lot six days a week, so didn't see him as frequently as I saw my mom after that. But up till that point, my dad was a stay-at-home dad, okay? So my dad raised me up till eight, and then after that, and those, my mom was always involved, but she was definitely a professional and uh, graduated high school a year early, went and got her associate's degree by 19. She's doing sales for one of the uh, top um, newspapers in the area of that time called The Shopping Guide for your old school heads. Anybody know that one? And then, um, so here we are now, uh, Parents get divorced, nine, we're in this new city, and she's out selling, she's making it happen, and, and she's, you know, m- mom had me at 18, and so by the time I'm nine, she's 27, when well, she's short, blonde, petite, out there selling, and uh, I could just only imagine how hard it must have been at times, because you're in a man's world, and you, you have um, kind of the attention is, okay, here's this little blonde bombshell, people giving extra attention, and you know, all that misconceptions, and I remember she'd had to stay late sometimes, and just kind of work harder to, to be equal in that setting because it was a guy's arena and there'd be things said at times that weren't right and all that. And you see that happen. You see that play out. And then it's crazy because your heart breaks. But at the same time, you're, 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 you're kind of recreating the patterns yourself. Here I am. You know, we're talking to girls at school in not a healthy way. We're kind of continuing the same pattern because it's just society is broken. And the only one that'll free us is Jesus. And once he does, when he steps in the room, what he does is he gives you the accurate picture of what it always looked like. Where do you think women's rights came from? Jesus. Where do you think children's rights came from? Jesus. So as you look back in the history of just mankind, what you'll find is all these causes, they they started out of a movement of acceptance that Jesus was the one who stepped in. Jesus says women are on my team. Jesus is the one who said kids could come to me. Because he restored the purpose of what he always intended. They're made in his image, and they have massive value. Not just who can hold a sword in war. That's not what God's talking about. God, and that's where um, you see that women played pivotal roles in the story of Jesus. One of which, uh, to birth Jesus. Now Mary, Mother Mary, she uh, she gets a lot of street cred around the world. She gets some hype. Um, I think it's great, you know. She's a great woman. But, but Mary points us to something that's kind of really unique. She's pointing us to a great, great God. And if I think about Mary's story, so here's God sends an angel to tell Mary she's going to have a baby. It's going to be the son of the living God, the Savior, Emmanuel, Yeshua, Jesus. Okay, that's a big moment, you know. Uh, that's, that's way deeper than most women have experienced. You're going to have the savior of mankind in your womb, <laughs> right? Is that fair to say? And then, so in that moment, she experienced fear. But if I go back to the beginning, I'm fascinated by the character of God. Listen, lean into the character of God this morning. Here's what I mean. The character of God all the way back in Genesis, you know who first was deceived and ate from the tree? Who was first deceived? You know what it was? Eve. And then Adam ate because, I mean, his wifey, probably looking great, eating this, all like, hey, we're feasting, caught up in the moment. And then God, I would think, would first get mad at Eve, but in fact, he holds the man accountable. Adam, I told you not to. 
And then I would for sure, if I'm thinking I'm God, um, we're not going to do anything through women again because we kind of ruined everything through the helpmate experience. Is there a modified plan? Because Adam went down, Eve went down. Okay, God, what are you going to do? And God in that moment could have just flown away. I'm going to get away from everybody's problem. I'm out. I'm out. I'm just going to let you guys do because you didn't listen to me the first time. You should have listened to me, boy, when I spoke, right? Instead, his character is so loving. He says, I'm going to, through Eve, you will, your seed will, you will bear a child and it will be a, it'll be a child of the promised one that will crush the head of the serpent, the enemy, will crush the head of Satan and, and crush in such a way. And if I pause, I stop, I think, well, God, why did you do it through Eve? Couldn't you have just done the dust thing again? You know, breathe life, just boom, do that. Couldn't Jesus have just straight up teleported down? I mean, on some Avengers stuff, couldn't he have done that? Right? This portal from sky, Thanos, and here's Jesus, like, what's up? God could do that. He could. And I think the reason he decided to do it through Eve's continuation through Mary, because God doesn't want to leave things broken. That the same place of a mistake is the same place Jesus wants to meet us with grace. What's the place, when you think of shame and the stuff you've done that you just wish no one knew, you wish, that you wish you could just erase and forget about? And specifically, women today, I'm sure, there's people, because you wanted attention, there was a guy giving it to you, and you find yourself in a setting you wish you never would have been, saying and doing things you wish you never would have done. But will you see that place now as where God wants to make home? That's what Jesus' team looked like. People that had a bunch of mistakes, a bunch of mistakes. That knew pain oh so well. They knew what it was like to feel hurt. They knew what it was like to feel like they were abused. They knew what it was like to feel like they were forgotten. And here Jesus steps in. And I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. When I think of the role so many moms and so many women have played, I think of this email. Crystal sends me this. Now, I'm no different than you in, in some regards, um, besides the fact that my vertical is higher than yours and I can dunk um, in your face. But, I mean, but other than that, we're really close. Calves and five. Um, but I get discouraged and I get disappointed and I have moments when I feel like I sure can't do it. Because every step you make for God, Satan is not geeked about it. The enemy wants to meet with massive resistance. So when I have a positive, we can take this world, you know, with Jesus and faith moment, it seems as if the enemy is just right around the corner trying to just you know, that voice, ah, oh, no, you can't, that's stupid. And here, Crystal, in one of those moments, she sends me this email, my love, my hero, my fighter, my king, other than you, it's God. Every time I think of grace, I think of you and your story. Your story is yours, and it's a beautiful one. It shows the fact that God has called you to do his work and see his vision come to pass. It shows what it is to be humble and thankful that this life is not ours, but his. And, 
And with all that, you've turned your story to love others and show what amazing our God is. And I'm like, wow, okay. But it doesn't end there. God is here to take the weight and trials you feel. He's urging you as a vessel, and he will take care of the rest. He always has. It's so true. You are his mouthpiece and his hands and feet here on earth. So I say all that to say, give it to him. He already has it. And yes, that doesn't mean that you as a human still have to battle the feelings that all come with it. You do. But God is taking care of it already. He has your back. Continue to love, be humble, and call out greatness. I love you, Jerome. Wow, Crystal. Here's how I responded. Dang, crying. I love you, Crystal. <laughs> He's like, what do you, uh, you know, I guess uh, here's the, there's the two species where you don't know, uh, genders. Whatever. It feels like species at times, doesn't it? Two other sides of the planet, you know, and uh, I think about that because there's, most of the time I get, I get the opportunity to speak and invest in your life spiritually. And hoping that you guys will go and walk in the authority that God's given you, and you'll, you'll be free in Jesus. And, but when I think of the role Crystal plays, is a role, um, and I'll just say my opinion, but it's a role that so many women have played in society and in our world globally, um, behind the scenes, pivotal roles. And in fact, that case study was even played out even in our Dream Team rally at 9.30 this morning. We do this kind of popcorn feel. What's everybody thinking? What's everybody feeling? Tell us a story about your mom. And everybody had these stories behind the scenes where it was, mom did something for me. Mom held it down. You know, they, 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 Bailey, they talked about you. They said, you, you had a great job of may, way of making spam feel like it was elegant. And I was like, whoa, man, what a, what a mom there, you know? And I remember when that played out, Crystal told me, well, we had spam to this dish. I said, spam? You know, right? Like, we had spam to it? But, but, but because that, that's, because Valley did such a great job of making sure that that was, that was a desired thing. It, it was a cool culture thing, right? And so there was love in the home, and, and they experienced that. And, and all these people were sharing about their moms in the foyer. And they were talking about, basically, moms were out holding it down. Now, no mom was perfect, but they were holding it down typically. And if I think of the body and us moving, the, the picture I would paint is this. Yeah, we got Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, he's like the head, Okay. We got the 12, the disciples, they're like the heart, you know? I, I need the men on fire, I need to pump my heart into them. They gotta be passionate. But you can't move without a backbone. In my experience, it's been so many women are the backbone to the real operation and really holding it down. And anyone who's experienced back pain knows it's really difficult if your back ain't working right. I wonder if our society feels the struggle it feels because we're not, not only positioning many things right, but specifically the role that women play, that God sees them and he knows them and he gives identity to them. That they're superheroes, they really are the Wonder Womans. I love in the, the scene in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And uh, let's go. But it was so cool because the, the, the script was flipped a little bit. We have the white dude kind of there and he's getting advice from you know, the African-Americans, Africans there, not of African-Americans, Africans there in Wakanda, 
getting advice. And the girl's so smart. I love it. She's just ripping it. She's telling, you know, about their, I think it's vibranium. Is that what it is? They got, and, uh, the, you know, smarter than Tony, some of Tony Stark's stuff even you see in the new Avengers. And it's so cool because it, it shows, I think, the heartbeat of Jesus, that he's, he's dignifying women and women of all races in a way that only is, comes from God. I'm telling you, only comes from God. People say, well, I don't want to follow uh, God. I don't want to follow Jesus. No, you don't want to follow the person you met that they represented Jesus. Trust me, Jesus is so beautiful, you do want to follow him. You just do. I had a friend one time, he'd say this, and um, he since entered eternity, and uh, he said, man, Jesus is so good. The story's so beautiful. Why wouldn't anybody follow him? Even if they thought it was fake, it's the best version I've ever heard. And you know what's so cool? It's not fake. It's really real. Really real. That can save and transform people. And Mary sings this song, and we'll end with this kind of thought and this dream here today for us. And um, moms, you're heroes. Because each one of us wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a mom. Guys get the luxury they can flee during the birth if they want. They can flee during the nursing stages. <laughs> they can just kind of come back and swoop in when everything's kind of right after four years. <laughs> I'm, I'm back, <laughs> you know? And the mom typically, I mean, often, many times, again, this is just some opinion, but this, this, I, there's exceptions to every rule, right? There's exceptions, of course. I would think the mainstay, though, is I, I meet more single moms than I do single dads because it's in the character and the nature that even when you look at when Jesus is at the tomb, we're at the cross. We step back further. He's at the cross. You know who's there? Women. There's some guys. But you know who's at the tomb? Women. <laughs> you know the guys don't believe at first? Women. <laughs> if you just listened to her instinct, you probably would have avoided all that pain, right? But our arrogance many times. So we're so thankful. But Mary sings this song, and I think it's so cool because it shows the redemption in the love of God that he chose through Eve that one day her seed would give a fatal blow to Satan when he could have done it another way, but he doesn't leave things broken. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of the servant. For behold, from now all the generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. I, I circled two words right there. I circled mercy and I put wow. When you get mercy, that's a wow. And how? I put awe, fear him. How do you get mercy and awe of God? How do you eliminate all of the pain and the mistakes? For real, reverence with God. And I know this place is filled with um, situations that you wish didn't happen and you wish weren't happening. But that abuse or that abuse now, um, it's not God. Uh, attest to it for what it is. It's the kingdom of darkness. And God wants to give you freedom in the midst of it, joy in the midst of it, because he wants to remind you of your forever home. He's good like that. And it says, he has shown strength with his arm. Now here's Mary singing this. This is neat. I, out of all the time, I've never heard a sermon on this. 
Jesus has been carrying me for 15 years. I've been listening to sermon after sermon. I've never heard a sermon after the angel shows up to Mary and then she sings this great song. So picture this song. This is Destiny's Child. I'm also, and she's singing this, right? He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of the humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to all his offsprings forever, ever, ever. That's why Mary, Joanna, and some of the women, Susanna, were supporting Jesus's work because mercy met them. And when mercy meets you, 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 you're only left with praise. You're only left with, I, I got to sing. I want to pour it out. I, um, I'm grateful to this, God. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as I end this message, there would be a bookend of it. It's the two words. Thank you. Thank you, moms. Thank you, women of God who have prayed, counseled so many people, and their story is, Grandma was praying for me. Mom was praying for me. For that, thank you. You don't always see return, but just know God sees it and you're on his team because he's the same forever. Forever the same. That's the kingdom you're in. And as guys, we might not always treat you right, but we hopefully, the more you can call out the king in us, just like Crystal did me, it'll remind me of who I am in Jesus and whose I am. And then we walk that out more and more and more because we absolutely are equal in worth, just different in roles. And we have to be very connected and unified because your opinion matters. Um, and it's not just mattering because the world says so. Like the women's movement in, 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 our, in our culture, you know, you know, women's rights, well, without Jesus, now it's... It, it's are you sure it's not just driving an economy that Satan's using now where we need two incomes because we can't provide and somebody can't even stay at home anymore even if we chose to? That's what you see happening. See, God breaks us out of that toil. He breaks us out of that pace and he gives us the freedom to say we're not slaves to this system any longer. Girls, you aren't slaves to this system any longer. Jesus He's given you identity and purpose and confidence like never before. And I hope that you'll sing a song like Mary did. That your mercy met me and it meets those who fear you. Um, you're in this place today and you, maybe you have shame or guilt or uh, you're in a situation you're leading behind the scenes. You're, you feel like you're the backbone. Maybe your back hurts. Um, maybe it hurts literally. And for all the, the women first, you're like, okay, I need prayer. This is hitting me. I need, I need Jesus forever the same. I got to reshift my focus. I was looking at him. I'm looking at the setting. I'm looking at my job. It's been so hard, but I need prayer today. I want you to raise your hand as quick as you can. Raise your hand. You need prayer today. Yep. Okay, if, you just, if you'd be bold, because ladies, you, you lead the way a lot of times, would you just stand up? Would you stand up? Don't look over the person left and the right. I mean, if you need prayer, this is what you do. You need prayer, and it's okay. Maybe you didn't respond at first. I always didn't respond at first. The Holy Spirit's hitting you and you, you, I need to take some action today. Well, stand up. It's okay. 
your heart's beating a little quicker, stand up. God's freedom's in this place. And, uh, you know, Mary Magdalene found freedom as she's weeping and worshiping Jesus. And in our culture, one of the signs of surrender is, you know, wave our hands like, yo, 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 yo. You know, don't shoot, right? Don't shoot. If you would surrender to God, maybe with just an act of raising your hands. I pray that the Holy Spirit would meet you. And you can just raise your hands. And I, I really believe the Holy Spirit will meet us today. God, you see these hands raised. We can't do this. God, I thank you for all the, the women of God, the children of God that you've called by name on this Mother's Day. That maybe they'll never have a kid, but they represent the motherly life and love to this world. God, I pray that you'll bring freedom where there was shame and where there was brokenness. God, I pray where there was guilt, there'll be forgiveness. I pray where there's overwhelmingly this feeling of anxiety would be gone right now in the name of Jesus. God, you're making all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, what I want us to do is, if you feel comfortable, I would like to stand. I would like to uh, close with worshiping. Maybe you need to come down here. Uh, maybe you need to go find somebody, hug and cry. We're going to sing that last song, the one that's like, pour it out, right? Um, you know what's so cool about this, Jules, is we, we didn't talk about this, did we? We didn't talk about that. And in fact, yesterday, I was going to go a different direction. And then God really wanted us to lean in on, on Luke 8 and, 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 and some of the team there, but Mary. And then Carla was telling me this morning about the song list. And then I didn't hear you speak the first service. But I heard you speak this service. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that sounded like we had it planned. And, uh, but you know what's so cool about that is that means God really did have it planned. He's that intimate to orchestrate freedom in this place today. So let's worship because he's worth it forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.